Hello and welcome to Castable. This is the podcast which brings on brilliant guests to pitch their dream music festival. My name is Matt Hoss and I'm the host and I'm here to guide you around their festival. Today we have a comedy writer, performer, actor, Twitch streamer, podcaster and former pop star. It's Alexis Strum. Hello. I sound so fabulous when you do the intro. Well, I hope you... I live up to it. <laughs> I was going to say you sound fabulous regardless, Alexis. Oh, You're... thank you. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm very excited to talk about festivals and music in general because I don't actually get to talk about music very much anymore. And, and it was my first love and it will be my last. So I really got to know you during the uh, in the last year through Twitch and stuff like that. But I don't really know much about your life as a former pop star. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, we'll call it a life as a former almost pop star. I think it's probably better, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and also ran. Um, yeah, so I'd always been into songwriting and writing poems and I was quite precocious when I was about 14. I used to go into London and do slam poetry gigs. Yeah, my nice. own poems and stuff. And then I started writing songs. I, I got my first guitar when I was, I think, 14 or 15. Yeah. And then I just went through all different school bands, mm -hmm. loved music, got my first four track recording machine when Amazing. I was about 15, started tracking. I used to do covers of Nirvana and whole songs <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> no, did you do it? like originally or did you do your own flavor on it like uh kind of like take that version of uh smells like teen spirit did you do um i wish i could say that i did put some creativity into it no but really i was trying to sound like i had this thing that i've always wanted to be a man in a rock band oh my god cool yeah, yeah so i always wanted to sound like a guy so i was probably trying to just sound like kirk cobain which is physically very difficult <laughs> um but that's where it started and yeah. then school bands and then after that went to university and that was when I really started applying to stuff. I used to buy the, I don't think it exists anymore, the Melody Maker newspaper <laughs> and the NME. Yeah. And every week at the back of the newspapers, they'd have ads for producers looking for singers, bands, that sort of thing. And I'd reply to everything. I'd just mm -hmm. apply to every single one. Um, and through one of those ads, I started writing with a songwriting team and got my first publishing deal when I was maybe 21, I think, 20 um, or 21. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it was huge. And at the time it was like, massive amount of money um didn't really know what to do with myself I was yeah. I was really young um being given all this money to write songs for people um and it was just the best of times it was right at the peak of when the music business had a lot of money yeah you know um so I probably the music business has no money now because of me I would imagine <laughs> yeah, all the money they yeah. wasted <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the economic crush of the music industry was due to Alexis Trump it yes. was yeah. it was wholeheartedly people say it's because of mp3s and downloads no nah, it was me <laughs> wasting it <laughs> they made a dodgy <laughs> investment in this Essex bird yeah. who could write songs, but she wasn't very good. Oh, bless. And then, yes, yeah, so I wrote for other people. And then um, because I was a singer as well, and that was really what I wanted to do. Eventually and inevitably, I got my own deal and deals, I say, um, and was sort of almost successful as a pop star. I've, I've done a very abridged version of it. I mean, yeah. there's lots of great stuff and horrible stuff that went on in between that, but some real highlights. And and I managed to get out of having to do an actual job for mm. about 10, 15 years with that. So, you <laughs> know, pretty good, really. That's all uh, we performers want to do. We just want to yeah. find something just to cling on to for a couple of years, just so <laughs> we don't it. have to do an office job. <laughs> yes, it. as long as you can, as long yeah. as you can. 
<laughs> that's a, I wish I was joking, but that was literally why I started stand up, I think. But uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just to cling on to the uni days just for a yes. while longer. But, that's uh, it. That's it. Why not? If you can, if you can find a job. Some people do it for their whole lives. Look at Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we could be the new Rolling Stones. We should start a band, Alexis. That'd be great. What we, would it be called, Matt? Uh, maybe like Nirvana 2.0 or something like that. Yeah, and I you like could, that. You could do vocals. I will do everything else. It'd be great. Yeah, because Kurt Cobain's not going to come knocking and say, so we're all right, we're safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a moral great point, but legally we're fine. Yeah, ethically I'm not so sure about, but yeah, let's do it. So welcome to the podcast, mate. It's great to have you here. So we kind of talked about uh, your past, but we usually start with the question, if someone were to ask you what kind of music are you into, how do you typically respond to that question? I was thinking about this before we chatted because it's really difficult for me to pick a genre. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose if you cut me right through, like a stick of rocket would say pop, you know, that is who I am to my core. I'm very pop. Mm-hmm. But I have so many other musical interests. Like I'm a big soul Motown lover. Yes. Yeah. That's my thing. That's what gets me in my heart. You know, if I'm going out, I'll listen to some great dance music and that really moves me. But it's very dependent on my mood. But I would say probably pop music is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. And because uh, obviously pop changes throughout the years. Is there mm-hmm. a certain time period or is there a certain type of sound you like with pop? Yeah, actually, I would say around early noughties pop is probably my favourite nice, period. Nice, Yeah, like the Justin Timberlake and Britney, yeah. you know, that whole, um, was it Max Martin that used to write all those massive pop tunes, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was a great time in pop. There's still great songs that come out now, but I do find, and I don't want to sound like an old person, but a lot of it is shit, really, but... Um, <laughs> But occasionally you get like Dua Lipa comes out with like a banger and you just listen to it. I always think I always appreciate stuff on the merits of the songwriting, you know. Yeah. It's not enough for it just to have a good beat and someone looking good in a bikini in the video. It's about the songwriting. And and I do think Dua Lipa's really for me, like one of the real stars of this generation. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing songs that will stand the test of time. I think that's the that's the test, isn't it? If you can play it on an acoustic guitar in 20 years' time and people go, God, I love that that's the test of whether it's a good song or not. Yeah, and that's a really really interesting insight there. And what I really like what you bring to this podcast is the songwriting aspect of it. Because we do talk about music a lot on this. Uh, Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's the point of the podcast. But like, (laughs) Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if we talked about like whale hunting on Moby Dick, you know, for (laughs) for, for, for the last 20 episodes. But like, uh, um, but we, um, but what, yeah, but what I, it's really good to have a songwriter to see that as well. Did you, so did, I know people who study like film and then like they can't really watch the film in the same way again. Is it that same for you? Like you can never see the song, you never listen to a song in a certain way again? Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, it's part of the reason I got out of the music business because I reached a stage um, when I gave up music and I put that in inverted commas because it's not something you ever give give up really. But I got Mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't listen to music anymore um, because I was so analytical and so jaded by my experiences that I fell out of love with it for a while. And I had to mm-hmm. re- actually, it's kind of like a relationship. I had to have some time apart. And then I remember I was just driving along one day, put the radio on and actually listened to a music channel rather than the news. And then I started feeling those feels again. But um, yeah, because I'm so analytical and I'd, I'd worked for years, you know, I, I'm making light of it, but songwriting's a job. You know, I would mm-hmm. go out five days a week with different songwriters they they kind of hothouse you with these people and you're you're 
you're left to write songs with them. And, and it's not just writing the songs, you have to produce up the demos and everything as well. So it's quite hard work. Mm-hmm. So I knew, you know, I'd listen to every freaking drum beat that wasn't quantized or every bass, bass loop or whatever. And I, and I listened to it so analytically that it, it spoiled music for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a point where I can listen to it and I'm not thinking of the composition behind what I'm listening to. Um, which is nice. I I I I really love that answer, and I totally understand that because um, uh, obviously not to the same degree, but obviously I do uh, stand up as well. Like uh, I, there's a certain point where I um I still do stand up, but uh, there was mm. a certain there definitely periods where I'm like, you know what, um, this is I, I can't enjoy comedy anymore. I, I couldn't yeah. think of anything worse than sticking on the stand up comedy and bless them my, my friends always like oh we should see a stand-up show together it's like i <laughs> i politely go oh maybe but like i couldn't think of anything worse like uh, just because i don't think i could go there for my own enjoyment anymore do you know what i mean i go yeah i enjoy it when i'm there when i'm a performing and seeing friends perform but i don't think i can go off my own volition do you know what i mean like it's a different yeah. ball game you know and uh, it's, it's kind of like um you see how the uh the product is made so it's kind of like a, yeah working at a slaughterhouse or something like that so it's oh a, yeah it's like it makes me think as you, as you said that about wizard of oz when you know when yeah. she peek, peeks behind the curtain and sees the wizard and and it's kind of that feeling you don't really want to know how it's done but we know we know we're the magicians and we can see what how the trick's done and it's mm-hmm. yeah there's something but but with time and distance you get that feeling back again absolutely yeah and to be honest uh, it's been a long time since stand-up so i think i do yeah. enjoy that quite a lot as well what a um, very uh, deep conversation we've had already but uh, let's let's talk about some festivals as well so okay. have you been to many festivals in your lifetime so I have not only been to festivals, but I've played a festival. Yes. Yeah. So is... what kind of festivals have you played? Tell, talk me through it. This is my dream situation. All right. So let's close our eyes. I played the V Festival. I played yes. South by Southwest in Texas, which was literally the most exciting thing Oh, my ever. God. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I played the Wireless Festival and Party in the Park, which I would still say is a festival, even though it's a pop event. Yeah, absolutely. So I did a few. I think I did a few other little ones as well. Mm-hmm. But the South by Southwest one was, I, I mean, it was like a whole dream sequence, just <laughs> the entire experience of being there. And in Texas and Austin, where the, the festival's held, they have this... Um, all of, they have this expression keep Austin weird and you, everyone wears a t-shirt saying keep Austin weird and it's this weird little place the people are lovely mm-hmm. oh it's just absolutely gorgeous like if I could do another festival that would be it or if I could make a festival it would be like that yeah the one because it's just gorgeous um so uh how was it performing to a festival rather than uh, a normal show do you I mean what's what's yeah. the main difference for you and did it feel different yeah, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because um, festivals do have a different vibe. There's something more intimate at the same time. It's a larger group of people, but it just feels more intimate because you're on different turf. You almost feels like you're on their turf, whereas when you're in a venue, you're in the owner of the venue's turf, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and it's just a really lovely, it feels like very loving and the vibe you get back from the audience is always really loving, unless you're rubbish, of course. <laughs> yeah. Different. Yeah, um, yeah. But South by Southwest was great because that was very much a music lovers festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so party in the park could be just like families, you mm-hmm. know, it's a day out, etc. But South by Southwest is more of an industry festival as well, I would say. So you're yeah. playing a lot to your peers. Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing. Like festivals are gorgeous like beautiful mm-hmm. spiritual religious experiences i think 
and I was meant to do one this summer actually funnily enough but for comedy stuff yeah yeah and that would have been my first one as a comedian the wilderness festival but obviously yes, because yeah. of covid it it didn't happen but I, I I mean I would like to see how that would have gone because that would have been not having the backup of a guitar and all that kind of yeah. thing to have in mind it's uh, well you could have just done the same set and be like are you ready to rock and then yeah. crowd surf and then uh, and then just tell jokes whilst you're on top of them yeah you know i, mean? I like, could have yeah. done matt yeah. if i'd have talked to you beforehand there you go that's i would have had my direction but there. thank goodness you talked to me now i'm now your comedy director now so you, you, have, are, to, yeah, you, yeah. you have to do that every gig even even at the socially distance ones or you, okay yeah, yeah, okay um <laughs> I, I might be fired soon but you know what an ambitious guy i am so from the top of your head what's the most crazy crowd that you've either been in or you've seen live oh that's easy okay i went as a punter to the v, the v festival one year and maloko were playing yeah and it was just when maloko had gone really huge i think they had um the time is now i think was out and they just crossed over mm-hmm. anyway they were in playing in this really small tent and they'd obviously underestimated how many people would go into this tent to see them and i just remember this like absolute panic as all of a sudden all the barriers started falling down people were pushing on top of each other yeah. and i actually thought i was going to die watching maloko do you know it's not like <laughs> if i'd have chosen a weird obituary here yeah. it would have been like david bowie or something yeah. a bit more epic but yeah this terrifying feeling but at the same time, quite exhilarating because people were obviously that aggressive and excited just over a band. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was really badly managed and handled and everything. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, probably some people got injured. But yeah, that was like the maddest festival experience for sure. Wonderful. Well, talking about mad festival experiences, I think it's time we head over now and set mm-hmm. up camp. Hello, welcome to season three of Castable. Great to have you back. If you like what we do, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and write us a little kind review. Also, why don't you share our podcast? Tell a friend about it. Word of mouth really helps spread the world, so please help us do that. Why don't you tweet us at Castable Podcasts and drop me a follow at Matt House Comedy. Why don't you watch me on Twitch at Matt House Comedy? If you like sci-fi books, why don't you buy my book called Purify from www.matthousecomedy.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Cheers. Castable, are you ready? Here we go! So Alexis, what is the name of your festival? So this is really hard. So I had a few options. Yes. One was called Strum- Strummerville. Yes, I like that. Um, which is quite strong. Then the other one was like a cheeky comedy one, which was Does What It Says on the Tin Festival. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a festival. And then the other one was like a bit more like meta and it was called Festival. Festival. Wow. Festival, festival. Yeah. So festival, people get festival. people go, where are you going? I'm going to the festival. And they'll be like, what festival festival? And, you know, and they get really confused. And I just thought that was quite funny. Like a bit of a Mickey Flanagan routine. You're going to festival. Now I'm going exactly. to festival, festival like, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like out, out. Yeah. But I think we'll go, I think we'll lead with Strummerville because I think that's that's pretty cool. And it sounds musical already. I'm yeah. blessed with a very musical name. Yes, I, I love it. Uh yeah, Strummerville's great. I like it. Um, but I also think festival festival should be the the sub, you know, like the kind yeah yeah name, right? it's kind of like the speakeasy version of it as well i so. like that yeah, yeah, that's, yeah maybe that's the, the subtitle you know like when you sell something on ebay and you've got the like the one-liner and then you've yes. got used nearly new 
that would be the subheader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Festival, festival. Yeah. Festival, festival. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, so whereabouts geographically would you like a festival? Where's the most expensive place that we could go to? Um, Kensington? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm thinking abroad. It's okay, got to be somewhere yeah. like where you've got to get an extra, you know, like the fire festival where they yes, had to get special yeah. little flight flights out there. Somewhere really obscure. I think let's do this like the fire festival. Let's really like throw the money at it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say Tahiti. I don't even know where that is, but it sounds really far. And very glamorous, Tahiti. <laughs> nice and hot. Yeah, uh, I love it already because it's like I don't know where it is, but fuck it, it sounds nice. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've got to get in your pl- private little Learjets or whatever you do. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and it's like yeah, it's like a fire festival, but the same logistics really. So the same <laughs> logistics, li- very little planning. The sandwiches, I'm gonna be dubious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the tuna tents. is warm. The tuna is warm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's probably not going to be a very good festival. But what what's going to happen is I'm still going to be making money from prison when I get sent there afterwards. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the most important thing, isn't it? Oh, actually, no. Can I change it to Barbados? Because I have been to Barbados before, and the and the Bayesian people are so lovely, and and I actually know that geographically, so it might be a safer option. If that, is yeah. that okay to change? Yeah, absolutely. Right, thank you. you can also have like a sister festival uh, at Tahiti. That In could Tahiti. be festival, festival. Festival, yeah. festival. Uh, which you are uh, legally not uh, not aligned yeah. with, but you know you do have a hand in support in it. So uh, vested uh, interest. So, yeah, <laughs> I think they say yeah, vested interest. So will there be camping at your festival, or what? What's the vibe in Barbados? I think well, Barbados is hot. But it would be it would be lightweight glamping because, you know, like in the UK, glamping is sort of like wooden structures. That would be a bit hot. So it would be made out of like virgin hair and unicorn, <laughs> unicorn wings, um, yeah, you know, kind of ephemeral, light, wispy material that's very expensive in um, sort of little teepees. Glamping teepees. <laughs> Imagine you just turn up there, and go. What, why is this teepee covered with hair? Sorry, that's just yeah. uh, that's just Jessica's hair. She's a uh, virgin's hair. Why has it got wings on? Yeah, we just clipped that unicorn's wing. Yeah. Welcome to paradise, everyone. That's well, it's going to be special, and then people will be talking about it for years to come. And that's really what I want to have with this festival. Yeah. <laughs> Mediocre, no. Yeah. <laughs> illegal, yes. Yes, illegal, yes. <laughs> Tax dodge, of course. <laughs> festival. Festival. Festival, festival. <laughs> so I get the feeling that this is quite, well, I don't get the feeling. It is quite an ostentatious festival as it is already. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even pretty heard. ostentatious, yeah. Uh, but I'm loving it so far. But without revealing the lineup, how much do you reckon you would charge per ticket? Oh, gosh, that's difficult, isn't it? I always find festival tickets are so expensive. Yeah, like, they are. You know, I'm talking as an adult that's had jobs. I can't imagine how young people could afford them. So I'm actually, despite what you might think that I was going to charge like £1,400 a ticket, I'm going to make it a uniform, egalitarian £50 for the entire weekend for everyone. Whether you go first class glamping or you want to just turn up for the day ticket, you can choose yourself. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be one price for all. Absolutely. Um, that's that sounds pretty. Uh, I was expecting it to be like thirty million pounds. But, no, uh, no. Yeah, does the fifty pound cover the ticket to Barbados, or is it? Is that separate? yeah? It covers everything. 
a butler, well. a butler at your teepee and the food. Um, <laughs> but it's all going to be subsidised by Lawrence Fox's new political partner party. Really? Because he seems to have yeah. a lot of funding. So yeah. if I just join the party maybe a week before the festival, then <laughs> siphon the funds and yeah. then leave, uh, I think that'd be fine. That's actually like... What a very noble thing to do. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Robin Robin Hood of festivals. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But uh, instead of the, the King of Nottingham, it's uh, just uh, some twat on Twitter. But uh, um, <laughs> so that's very nice. And what is one thing that makes your festival better than anyone else's? The fact that I'm running it. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll do. And no, I think, I think the, the one price, one price, one low price suits all. As I say, I just want to buck the trend because I, it's it's same with anything in the arts. It's really difficult. And there's without going into it, you know, COVID hit everyone hard. But, you know, I can see why people complain because like theatre tickets alone. I don't know if you've ever booked theatre mm-hmm. tickets in the last yeah. two years, but I can't afford to do that. And, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm middle class. So if I'm priced <laughs> out the market, I'm just kind of like, who is who's buying? A, you know, my sister bought tickets for Hamilton. They were like two hundred pounds a ticket. Yeah, it's, just say like, who can afford that? It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just so an alienate because I'm from the northeast and I come from yeah. Well, uh, well, I, I'm in that mixed bracket between uh, I grew up working class, but I think I might be middle class now, much to my mm. denial. But like, uh, but yeah, like I, I kind of think that it should be dead cheap. You know, it's supposed to be yeah. for uh, for a lot of people. And bear in mind, and what I it's a personal chagrin of mine. It's like, uh, and also I'm probably middle class if I use words like chagrin. But I was like, just going to uh, say yeah. that. <laughs> you shot yourself in the foot yeah, there, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, alas, hoisted by my own petard. But, uh, <laughs> um, but with, um, yeah, I kind of feel like uh, as a comedian, like that they expect tickets to be dirt cheap and it's kind of mm-hmm. considered a lower art form. But like uh, if you just said, uh, do if you, it's a play, you can charge like 20 times the ticket price. It's like, well, that's, yeah. I know a lot more, production goes into it but not that much more do you know what I mean no like I it, agree with you and I yeah. think that's it's something that needs to change and hopefully in some, maybe one of the good things that comes out of COVID is that that will improve I'm always conscious of you know the fact that I am middle class and and it doesn't mean that I have a lot of money but I'm always conscious that the things that I was able to do like go and see shows and concerts as, as a kid mm-hmm. um not everyone has that access and I, I can't bear the thought that you know kids can't kids will miss out on going to see like a Shakespeare play at the Globe or whatever unless they've got a school trip there how would you access that how would you access that so it's something that I as president of the United Kingdom when I'm in the in the future yeah I will look I will look to address these matters Matt of course are you are you going to be running uh, as part of Lawrence Fox's campaign are you part of that team or are you are you a different party uh, so I'm going to join his team as I say to get the cash and then I'm yeah. going to leave and start up my own party and start my own festival because yeah. that's the kind of ruthless behavior that's needed in politics right now absolutely I think. <laughs> yeah well you have my vote you have my vote thank you thank you <laughs> and, so much and you have my fifth pounds as we head to the main gates of your festival about to drop some matters like i know i should but i just remember that i left it in the club i don't know how i'll get my high i take a look around and know i sigh but then my salvation it comes through because i'm inhaling pure o2 because i Oxygen 10 Cause I'm going into the Oxygen 10 Yeah 
That was actually quite disappointing. So Alexis, how many days of your festival have you got? My festival is going to be short but sweet. It's going okay. to be a two-day festival because I think some of these festivals that go on for more days than that, everyone becomes a bit stinky. So mine's <laughs> going to be a very pleasant smelling festival. Two days and then you're gone and it leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Okay, very nice. Yeah. and But I'm not sure how people could be stinky if they had a, their own butler showering them every day. Do you'd be I mean? surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. That Barbados humidity. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also there'd, have, of course, be lots of sex would be going on at my festival as well because because it's, only, <laughs> because it's Barbados and it's yeah. hot and it's like, you know, there'd be a lot of friskiness. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Is, is it kind of like... A, is it mandatory that all couples have to like, you know, get down to it? Or is it just kind of like- a, Anyone really, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, it's just, just it's like the last days of Rome. You know what I mean? It's just- a... It's like, it's going to be an understanding about the festival. You know, yeah. it's like one of those that people go, oh yeah, I'm going off to Stromerville. And they'll be like, oh God, I bet you're going to get some. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's got the reputation of being a very sexy festival. Mm, very nice. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But you can yeah. only sustain the sexiness for two days and then you have to go home. Because <laughs> yeah. the Learjets are waiting Yeah, yeah. Take you. There is a big drop off, to be fair, like because it's like yeah. ooh, because so, especially as a teenager, like I, I used to go to the festivals, I, and I used to, like I, I think it's like residue of like uh, like like a, of a like a of the sexism at the time, because like when as a teenager you kind of have a lot of toxic thoughts as well, yeah. like not not as like not ranted. I'm not Lawrence Fox, but you know what I mean. But like kind of like you you grow up thinking this weird idea which isn't mm-hmm. based in reality, uh, especially for boys. Uh, um, but like uh, I thought whenever I went to a festival, girls would be totally into me when I was 16. But it's like <laughs> the, like, no, like I assumed that I assumed that I'm getting like making out all the time, but that <laughs> never happened. But yeah, of course, why would it? Like like I assumed it was just kind of big party well it was a big party atmosphere but I also just went to see yeah. bands I liked yeah you know I mean like I, oh no I it works never... both ways I was the same I used to go to every festival and think oh my god this is I'm gonna meet loads of hot boys and cop off but yeah I don't think I ever did I mean I I remember working at a festival when I was about maybe 17 or 18 in the summer it was called the Phoenix Festival and David Bowie played one year so I got to see him play live oh my which god. I'm very delighted about yeah um and yeah, I just remember going, and I was hot then. That was like in my prime. I didn't get mm-hmm. any action. <laughs> I didn't get any action at all and I had to go home. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, so this is why Strummerville's got to make up for that. So it's going <laughs> to even say in the small print, come sexy. Yes. And it might even be spelled C-U-M. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, ooh, hello. Uh, yeah, it's, gonna... it's going to be that kind of festival. It's like but it's a... also a family festival, Matt. I don't want you to get, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to get confused. Yeah. It's going to be a family section where you can bring your kids as well. Yeah, and uh, but if you stray outside that, it's just constant sex. It's yeah, like... you, you've got to be very careful about those those lines. The lines need to be drawn, Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, are you starting on Saturday or a Friday? I'm starting on a Saturday because the flights, as we mentioned, it's quite an obscure part of Barbados, a lot of flights to get there. Um, and you need to have a little sleep before the festivities begin on the Brilliant. Saturday. I would say the Saturday morning and there'd be crafts. There'd okay. be crafts. It would start with crafts. Lovely just, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, so any kind of crafts in particular? or It would be all the crafts, Matt. All, Thank you for asking. <laughs> all the crafts. There will be some Play-Doh. There'll be um, more epic crafting, like um, murals, graffiti lessons with Banksy. Yeah. Just like no no expense spared kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yoga, bit of yoga, some Tai Chi, lots yeah. of vegan food. 
which you would like. Yes, yes, please. So it would start like it's sort of hippie-ish in the beginning, you see. I like it because you say in the beginning because you know yeah. the, the amount of debauchery about to go on in like 20 yeah. minutes time but I like I, I hate how I had to uh, spec- I tried to specify any kind of crafts you're like you know every single craft <laughs> everything we're doing it and we're not just doing it cheaply we're getting Banksy into it oh so. yeah of course of course we've got to get all the best crafty people Kirsty Allsop she'll be making some decorations for your home really um, and we'll have Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen he'll be leading an interior design workshop from your teepee he come to each teepee <laughs> directly teepee yeah. by teepee and give those instructions um yeah. it's like, can yeah. you stop having sex for one second i'm trying to give you some tips yes, exactly. not, don't, it's not a euphemism <laughs> and he'll just pop in pop in he'd be wearing a thong as well because it's very hot no one wears a lot of clothes um and then we could do a twitch masterclass as well as another craft yes. bit now. Yeah, we could absolutely. cover that off absolutely um, yeah yeah but there is no Wi-Fi on the island. Let me just tell you, for the festival, there is no Wi-Fi. And what's the decision behind that? Because the best part of festivals when I was younger was getting the brochure and ticking off all the stuff that's happening. Yes, yeah. Everyone gets a brochure on arrival. And if you lose it, you don't get another one. That is your responsibility. And by mm. the end of the festival, it's dogged and covered in sick and all crunched up. Yeah. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. And you take your marker pen... We might give you a Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can build that into the £50 a weekend budget <laughs> with the flights. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you just go around, you tick off the bits that you want to see, cross out the bands you don't want to see, and that's that's the gift of it. That's, I really, I genuinely um, proper love that idea because it's, uh, it as you say, that's what festivals are all about. They're meant yeah. to be kind of, they, they, oh, well, not, we can't see them, but we get, oh, like, it's supposed to have clashes. It's supposed to have like, oh, who should yeah. I go and see? And it's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to be a collaborative effort. And this sounds weird, but one of my favorite things to talk about having no Wi-Fi, but also having no phone. Uh, like, yeah. uh, like I love being lost at a festival. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, you can't, you, you said your friends will meet you here. Well, tough, they're not. That's so let's just go and like go and have fun. Do you know what I mean? I'm more than happy to uh, experience on my own. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's what's kind of missing, really, isn't it, at the moment? And yeah, so I think I would really support that. No phones. And if you want to take pictures, you can, as a part of the £50 fee, you get a disposable camera for the weekend. Yeah. And then we'll even print them up. We'll even print your pictures up at the end of it. I tell you what, like, we have a lot of festivals uh, here at Castleville, um, because obviously that's what we're talking about. But like, like, I think this is the most value for money you have ever got. You get (laughs) flights to Barbados and a festival with Banksy for £50. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty Don't good. forget Lawrence Lorellin Bowen as well. I mean, of his fee course. alone is, okay. yes. is, is pretty high. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, who d- okay, I think it's time to see some of the acts as well. So mm-hmm. who are some of the acts that you have on display at your festival? Okay, so as I said, I'm quite a big pop fan. So I'd really, really like to have Ariana Grande, Dua wow. Lipa, Christine and the Queens, um, Lady Gaga. I'm just thinking like all my favourite female pop stars, Madonna, I'm a bit scared of these days, especially yeah. with the, the various gold teeth. She just frightens me. Um, so probably not her. Kylie. Who else is great and female? No, I think that's enough. It would just be really awesome female pop stars, I think. I would like to ask you, who do you think is going to open up the Saturday and who do you think is going to headline on Saturday? Well, I mean, I would now, actually, the opening act, there is a busker in Waltham Cross, yeah. And he's a one-man band. 
Yeah. And I don't know what his name is, but he's always at the Waltham Cross Summer Festival. Mm-hmm. And when he plays this song, he, he does a song and it's called <laughs> Throw Your Cares Away. He goes, yeah. it goes, throw your cares away. throw your cares away and he just does it as a one-man band he's got his symbols and everything all attached to him i want to pay it forward and give that dude his chance to open Mm. for dua lipa and ariana grande and i think it's time so he would be the opening act i don't know what his name is um, one-man band guy one-man band guy he'd be the dude he's like the sweetest guy he's probably in his 70s i reckon so this could be his last opportunity to rock out you know yeah the big act of the night would have to be Lady Gaga because she she's like literally the most important and demands demands the, the attention and the slot, I would say. Yes. And I think Lady Gaga knows how, how to put on a show as well. So she's a yeah. she's a good Saturday night headliner because of that reason as oh well. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw her live um god, it was probably about 15 years, <laughs> 10 years ago, and she was incredible. Her energy and her stamina, she would be a great like final act of the night because she's just so amazing she's a ball of energy i love her i adore her so with the rest of the acts you mentioned like ariana grande and christine and the queens are they all on saturday or are they dispersed through uh, sunday as well um i feel like they should play twice because they're gonna be very <laughs> expensive let's have them on saturday and sunday yeah um yeah. then like you know i feel like the pressure to put bands on like bloody Kasabian or you know like that sort of band but you know what it's my festival yeah absolutely you can do whatever you want mate do whatever you want and I feel like there's never been an all women festival so I'd really like to have an all women festival yeah go for it is there a certain order you would like to have or is it quite free-flowing or Mm, I think well, that's all in the brochure, Matt. Did you not pick up your brochure? <laughs> sorry, I did. I dropped pen? it at the start. Right, I'm really right. sorry. Can and I get I'm a new also one? Thinking, no, I think it would be quite set. It would be like, you don't want... Sometimes bands go on for fucking hours at festivals <laughs> and you're like, just come on, I need to have a wee. Yeah. So I think it would all be based around people's bladders. So we'd probably do like an hour, <laughs> like an hour and a half max. Also, I've noticed, Matt, there's this new technology, which is like holograms. Yeah. So I think we should get some dead pop stars as well. Okay. Like Amy Winehouse. Yes. Oh Whitney God. Houston as holograms. Maybe like someone a bit older, like Janis Joplin. Yes. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, just like, so it's like this really rocking, massive personality, female mm-hmm. artists. I mean, I've always been a big Joni Mitchell fan, but she's a bit boring these days. So... <laughs> No, <laughs> she uh, Jenny Mitchell gets lots of love on this podcast as well. Like, so oh, she, really? yeah, she, I think she, um, she's kind of like a she's actually probably one of the most most frequently uh used on the lineup, actually. Wow. Uh, uh, no, no, never like I don't think she's ever headline, but she's on a lot of festivals, she's got a lot of bookings, you know what I mean? Okay, so because of that, she's banned from my festival because <laughs> my festival's better and different to everybody else's. So actually, I'm gonna factor in that 50 pounds of ticket some security, some heavy duty security, and she will be, um, she'll be removed from Barbados, please. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's quite strong, I know, but yeah. you know. And wow, that's a, uh, bye Joni. <laughs> bye Joni, off you go. You haven't written any decent songs for like 30 years, Joni. Bugger off. <laughs> It's brutal, brutal. <laughs> I, know. I, I like it, it's like, this isn't the egalitarian festival, but fuck off, Joni. Yeah. 
I'm all about the people, Matt, you know, the <laughs> artists, they can be treated badly, but, but it's about the people. I want the people to get an amazing experience for 50 quid. Yeah. Talk about it. And it's like building memories, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, well, I kind of like, I like that so far. Oh, so we have um, Saturday there, but uh, in terms of Sunday as well, I know you said there's going to be crossover. Uh, who mm. do, who's going to be opening Sunday? Who's going to be closing Sunday? So I think Sunday opening up would be Christine in the Queens because I don't think she'd be big enough to mm -hmm. to be like a closing act on the Sunday. Mm -hmm. So she would be the opening act. But then in terms of the closing act on the Sunday, it's always you don't want it to go on too late because you've got to get home. So someone that can speak very fast, maybe. Um, who speaks fast? Cardi B speaks really quickly, doesn't Cardi she? Cardi B, yeah. So okay. I reckon I'd get Cardi B on and maybe like Nicki Minaj yeah. and oh I can't I can't think of her name now that does that track um I like it juicy juicy and then that one and then I can't think of her name I'm quite oh, this is the other thing Matt I didn't tell you about I'm secretly quite a huge rap fan are you yeah I can <laughs> um, like hip-hop yeah rap that sort of thing so this new like this new tranche of the, the Cardi B's kind of of this world uh -huh. that really makes me excited because I do think it's empowering and I do think like WAP is kind of moderately offensive but I think it's about time why shouldn't why shouldn't women be singing about that kind of stuff absolutely and I do know um it's been mentioned a lot on uh, other episodes as well but uh, someone like Lizzie who talks about female empowerment is really really uh, important and uh, necessary um and I think it's great for self-esteem in young people which is, uh, is. wonderful yeah, exactly. And, you know, men have been rapping about bitches and hoes and, and body parts for a long time. And it's, yeah. if they're going to be offensive and, but it really is just celebrating sex, isn't it? Ultimately. And that's what I think someone like Cardi B just literally celebrates sex. And that is, that is no bad thing, you know? Yeah. And what's this festival for, if not for celebrating copious amounts of uh, Absolutely. sex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a festival that celebrates sex, but also is family friendly, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a very family friendly. It's very, very hard to, to strive that line between the two. But my goodness, you do it. You do it. It's, yeah, uh... we will. Stramerville Festival Festival is going to be very much balancing, yeah. ba balancing it all and all the keeping all the plates spinning. Definitely. That... <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the weirder sexual acts but but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. difficult to do when naked especially because of the barbados heat makes your feet a bit slippy right you, you, there was a very yeah. vivid image right there so i think we've got a really awesome um lineup but is there anyone else who would like to add last minute just to kind of chuck in there mm, any other people uh, uh, so obviously megan the stallion as well of course mm -hmm. um and who else would i like do you know what? I feel like Missy Elliott like hasn't been around for a while, mm -hmm. and I get her in, and I, I get her to like come in. There'd be a mega mix at the end of the Sunday night, and she'd come on and she'd do work it, and she'd have like a whole load of children dancing with her because she always, do you know, like she always used to get like the best little kid dancers come dance with her. So she'd have, she'd have maybe like the cast of Mamma Mia who are currently furloughed because of covid we could ship them over all the little kids ship them <laughs> yeah. over and they could do like a really good dance routine because you gotta have a bit of a dance routine at a festival yeah, darling absolutely. um and then back to the holograms i think to yeah. play out because 
that I always find at a festival, and I might be wrong here, but the very last act, the headline act, is actually the shittest slot because that's when everyone's thinking about getting home. Well, yeah, so Sunday evening can be a bit of a hard one. But yeah. to be fair, if you are in Barbados, I think True. you probably have flights booked as well. I don't think anyone's like, oh, should we leave early from Barbados? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. I think the flight home would be the Monday morning. We'd yeah, let you but... stay in the teepee with the... Um, with the mermaid hair or whatever it is, and the the angel's wings, Absolutely. we'd let you stay until the Monday morning, but at six a.m. just to piss you off and get you up <laughs> early, you know. We got some cleaning up to do, you know. There's a lot of yeah. uh, lot of lot of mopping up to do. So, yeah, Sunday uh, headline slots can be quite hard because you have to get the right kind of calibration for the for the evening, if you know what I mean. So, which dead celebrity would you pick to kind of uh, be your Sunday headliner? If if the not Sunday ever? hologram. The hologram, yeah, it's like the telegraph. Well, actually, no, I'm going to change my mind, Matt. I'm going to bring, actually, I've got a different person that's going to close out the show. And that person is going to be two people, in fact. It's going to be Dolly Parton and Mariah Carey, who are going oh to duet. Oh, my God. They're going yes. to do duets of Dolly Parton's hits. And then they're going to move into doing duets of Mariah Carey's hits. Holy moly. You, you re- imagine that? That was a sucker punch in a half right there. Hell it, was bu- it was bubbling under the surface. Yeah. And then I grasped it with my mind's eye. Man. Yeah. That's what happened. Dolly yeah. Parton and Mariah Carey duet doing yeah. both of the hits. That's a quality double headline right mean- there. Totally, like, and they're both lovely. I mean, Mariah's had a lot of bad press, but I actually really rate her. She's very funny. If you ever see her in interviews, she's got a really wicked sense of humour, and she just sends herself up. I'm not sure if like J Lo is the same. I feel like J Lo hasn't got a sense of humour, but Mariah, she's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd love to go for like a couple of bevies, yeah, with Mariah, and maybe <laughs> after the festival. She could come um, back with me. She could come back with me in my private jet, and we could just like have a bit of bands. Yes, you know? uh, you uh, part of the contract is that she is meant to be your friend afterwards. She, well. I'm She's, paying her to be my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Only fifty pounds. It's quite cheap actually. But uh, <laughs> so there's quite there's obviously a, 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 an amazing uh, caliber here. But uh, uh, let's talk about Dolly Parton. Uh, do um, do you have a particular fondness for Dolly Parton? I do, because the thing about Dolly Parton that is so incredible is that she, we are the joke, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone looks at Dolly Parton. And I remember when I was growing up, that was the first experience of seeing a woman with big tits and and like boys going, oh, Dolly Parton's boobs, like very young, like in primary school. And that was Mm -hmm. like sort of first sexualized pop star, really. And so when I grew up, she was just like the kind of this figure of fun, like a Barbara Windsor figure, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh, she's just a figure of fun and some breasts. Then as I grew up, I realized that actually she plays the guitar. She plays the piano. She writes her own songs. She wrote, I will always love you. One of probably the one of the best songs of the eighties. And she's, she's laughing at us. We're not laughing at her. She's, she's got the last laugh. She's got Dollywood. She's got millions of pounds. She's a philanthropist. She's just delightful personality. And it's one of those tricks where actually, um, you know, female sexuality has been exploited for good use Mm -hmm. because she's got us all hoodwinked, really. Well, and also, like, I feel, uh, certainly from my perspective as well, I think um, Dolly has really got that legendary status as well. I think that she... She also does so much behind the scenes as well, like in terms of like obviously her link with Miley Cyrus and also mm. just like um, the fact that she put a million pounds donation to a COVID vaccine as well. Like stuff like that, stuff you'll never know about, which is mm. kind of 
kind-hearted and golden I just think that's uh, uh she's a really remarkable person in that way and uh yeah I think uh, yeah uh, so um if, from my end like uh, um I never really saw that joking about Dolly but mm. there was a lot of uh, reverence towards her do you know what I mean I think it was just kind of like she but it might have just been that time loop if you know what I mean she wasn't um but yeah I think that's um Dolly Parton's literally a legend so she is a legend and she's earned she's earned her stripes um you know, I, I think it's that likability factor as well. She's just someone that you would want to have in your family. You know, when you go home for Christmas, if if she was your auntie or, you know, your stepdad's new girlfriend, you would just love that, wouldn't you? And they're the kind of people that I like. Well, that's awesome. Before we move to the final section, mm. um, um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, someone like Lady Gaga as well for your Saturday headliner. What, mm-hmm. what do you think the cultural significance of Lady Gaga is? And what does it mean to you? cultural significance I think there's something very um uh, her career is very much echoed that of Madonna's you know and I really I studied Madonna especially when I was working in songwriting and stuff that was like she's the icon there's something that kind of you know from the streets vibe about Lady Gaga you know working in clubs and doing that sort of way into the music business and really just grafting and the shit end the not glamorous end and persevering and I think the cultural significance of that is very similar to what Madonna achieved and unfortunately I do feel like and who am I to say I'm just Alexis Strum of Chingford but <laughs> I think Madonna's done a little bit of a disservice over the last few years and undone some of, some of the really good work that she did in the 80s 90s and early noughties because she was a woman going out there doing her own thing embracing her sexuality making her money writing great songs and then over the last few years I just I don't I, I'm not sure what the message is anymore but Lady Gaga is very much she's her own person she's not she's not risen to fame because she's part of you know another group of acts or they've pushed her on or a producer she's entirely the master of her own or mistress of her own destiny um and that I think is a really good role model in terms of role models of our generation I worry about the reality stars I worry about you know my daughter growing up and thinking that it's acceptable to behave in a like a really slutty way Mm -hmm. to get on and stuff and and I think Lady Gaga as much as people complain about her clothes and say she's too risque or whatever actually I think she's a great role model Mm -hmm. and those those are the people that make a huge difference to the next generation so we have I grew up it was Madonna um, and then the next generation probably is that generation not millennials the one after that yeah your generation I think what are you uh, a... I think I'm a I think I am a millennial. Are you? I'm, I'm oh okay. Sure. Uh but I, I don't know, I'm just so youthful and awesome. Yeah, it's difficult I, to tell, isn't it? <laughs> I mean I'm 24, Matt. It's hard yeah, to yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could obviously uh, I, I I never doubted that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well what what an amazing festival as well. I I I think it's just uh Is it the best one you've ever had though, Matt? Uh it I, I on can't, the show. I have to stay impartial, obviously. All right. <laughs> Okay. Am I going to be banned like Joni Mitchell? <laughs> yeah, you're going to be not allowed into Barbados. Yeah, for the rest of um, my life. For the rest of your life. Uh, uh, no, I think it's, it's a good festival. It's a really awesome festival. And I think it's uh, it has a lot of messages. It has a lot of fun and plenty of sex. <laughs> but let's head to the final part of our podcast and let's deal with some floor fillers. Yeah.
So as with event management, things are bound to go wrong. So here's a couple of hypothetical questions that Alexis has to deal with in a manner that she sees fit. Oh, okay. Okay, let's start with this. Um, oh no, Dolly and Mariah hate each other's guts. They say they won't perform if the other one is performing. <gasps> Who would you pick between Dolly Parton and Mariah Carey? That is a very difficult question. I'm sorry, there. I'm sorry. Who it's, would I pick? It's floor fillers, I'm... it's hard, it's hard. Well, okay, I'm gonna base this on their Christmas movie output. Okay, so Mariah did a really good Christmas movie that's an animation about a small puppy. Mm-hmm. And Dolly Parton's done Dolly Parton's Christmas special on Netflix, but it wasn't very good. So for that reason, <laughs> for the for the reason of pure <laughs> absolute arbitrary nothingness, I'm gonna go with Mariah because she had the better Christmas film. <laughs> that's a very good reason. And yes, I know I'm a very, very good judge. So yes, I you. think that's that's the only that's the only legislation I really judge people by. Well, how is the Christmas, Christmas film special? output? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so your fans are in the mosh pits. They're doing some crowd surfing, and they oh. also they're doing the strum. What do you think that might be? Well, I know that strumming in certain parts of the country means masturbating. <laughs> Um, and it was very upsetting to find that out when it's your actual name. Um, but if they're doing the strum, I think they're just doing a... a yes. That actually does work quite musically. It works really nice, actually. Uh, uh, usually it's a bit more abstract with other people's names. So that, yeah. that's probably the most perfect answer we've had, actually. And can so. I just say, Matt, that I, I looked into other pop stars when I was an almost pop star. I looked into other pop stars with musical names because I th- one day I sort of fell down the Google rabbit hole. And my name is actually Strum. It's not a made-up name. But Alicia yeah. Keys, that's not her real surname. Yeah. It's, I always find it a bit devastating when people use a stage name. Not, not, not for any real reason, but, like, I, I, I think that's also why I like comedy as well. Because, like, people are like, oh, you're going to use a stage name. It's like, no, it's about me. <laughs> it's about, it's about, it's so intrinsic, intricately about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. But, um, but then again, I but getting older now, I can see the appeal of using a safe yes. name as well. But uh, good if you don't want to get sued. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, well, uh, you're, you're going to be heavily sued after your festival. I uh, think I, I probably already am after yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> Look, uh, just on the on the basis of the um the fifty pounds a week ticket, a uh, fifty pounds a weekend ticket. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's too cheap, isn't it? Can you get sued for being too cheap? <laughs> Sued for too cheap. Well, that'd be a that, new one, wouldn't it? It's, it's a Tory government all over. Uh, but like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure that Joni and uh, uh, Joni and Lawrence Fox are teamed up to sue you to get. Oh God, what a combo that would <laughs> yeah. be! A very odd combo to each other. They kind of look quite similar. Maybe they're related, and that was the link between them. The Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence Fox is part of the Mitchell family, yeah. or Mitchell's part of the Lawrence Fox family. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, indeed. Um, Oh no, Lady Gaga has cancelled last minute. Who do you get to replace her? Um, I'm going to go on in Lady Gaga's place. Yes. In fact. Oh my um, god! Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I would get a drag act because um, I've seen some pretty good Lady Gaga drag acts, and they could yeah. just mime to her songs. In fact, get a whole team of um, Lady Gaga drag acts and do a, like a big dance version. I think that would be all right. Actually, I'd like that. I'm, I'm a big fan of um, uh, drag artists in general, so. That yes. sounds amazing. Yes. Oh, goodness. You have one extra slot to fill on your stage. However, your sponsors say that you have to pick someone from your most recently played on Spotify. Who would you pick from your most recently played? Oh, oh, Lizzo. Lizzo. 
Straight and I back. remembered that rapper now. It's Doja Cat. I can't believe it slipped my head, but Doja Cat would also be on the bill. And Lizzo. Doja Cat. So well. Lizzo would come on and she'd, she'd play um, Juice or whatever it's called and just smash it and everyone would go, wow. Yes. That's cool. We don't. We forgot that someone else was booked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, dear. Someone's running late to your festival and you need to fill for time. But fortunately, one of your favorite celebrities is willing to do a DJ set for you. They don't need to be a DJ, but which celebrity would you pick? Dane Bowers. Okay, yeah, and I'm not sure if I'm aware of Dane. (laughs) So Dane Bowers was in uh, that boy group, and I've completely, the name's gone out of my head now. What were they called? But he's the one that's famously on the sex tape with Katie Price, a.k.a. Jordan. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's now become a DJ um, since he left the band. Another level, that was it. He was in, let me lick you up and down till you see her. Yeah, yeah. that's Dane Bowers, so I'll get him on. It would be very unexpected. They'd be expecting someone like, you know, Tiesto or BT mm-hmm. or someone really massive. And I go, and it's Dane Bowers. Because obviously yeah. I would do all the voiceover intros. Yeah. I didn't mention that before, but I'd be going, and it's Dolly Parton <laughs> with Mariah Carey in that voice. In like that like radio to uh, uh, yeah. hey, it's Dane Floyd. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly That's yeah i think that's perfect uh, and this is the final question uh one of your axes forgotten their equipment but good news they mm-hmm. can do an acoustic set which band or which artist if you had to choose would you make do an acoustic set oh do a leaper because i think she would she's really 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 talented and i think that her songs as i said before like right at the start of this conversation if a song is good it will sustain being acoustic and even in 20 years time. And I think any of her songs would work brilliantly acoustic. She's always sings live. She's very, very musically talented. So her, I sound like I'm in love with her and I am a little bit, Matt, if I'm truly honest. <laughs> and um, well, fortunately, you can spend uh, 50 pounds to get in a, a private jet on the way home with her. Yeah, well. exactly. Like Harry, there we go. We'll all become best friends. Best friends. Absolutely. Um, I, actually, I, I want to finish on this one. I know I mentioned, uh, I think this is this perfect one to finish on. Mm. Alexis, your festival loves you. I mean, your festival festival loves you and they want you to sing one song. If you had to pick one song to join the artists on stage, to, uh, which song would you pick and which artist would you pick? I would go on stage with the one-man band from Waltham Cross and sing Throw Your Cares Away because literally I, I saw him with my best mate, Tracy, who I adore, and we had a really difficult day we had loads of personal stuff going on and we saw this one-man band and we cried with laughter and joy because it was just so wonderful it was just like one of those pure things um so I would go on stage with him but I would stand behind him because I wouldn't want to steal his thunder and it's his moment and I would just sing along that's that's genuinely such a sweet way to finish off that podcast as well. Thank uh, you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the festival and thank you for submitting your amazing festival. And where can people find you online, Alexis? And would you like to plug anything? Oh, I have my own Twitch channel. Which is uh, so good. Twitch.tv forward slash Alexis Strum, which Matt has been on a numerous times. And I have a show called The HR Department on that and another one called Call of Duty Free. They're my big shows and then I stream in between those. I'm on Twitter at Alexis Strum. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm everywhere. I'm literally everywhere. Um, I'm even on LinkedIn. Yeah. At IMDB Pro. Yeah. Um, probably. <laughs> just <laughs> listening everywhere. Stars are yeah. us. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm there. I'm just everywhere. You can find me very easily. Very easily. 
Well, uh, what a pleasure to have you, and please go and check that out, everyone. But uh, uh, but if you like this podcast, please support Castable. You can uh, check out all the past episodes for free on Apple and Spotify uh, and everywhere else. Uh, you can also give us a follow at Castable Podcast, and you can follow me personally at Matt House Comedy on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and so on. Uh, and remember to give us a five-star rating. Uh, it really helps us out. And if you would like to, why don't you join the Patreon? Links are below. But before that, let's give a massive thank you and uh, farewell to my wonderful guest, Alexis. Trump. Thank you very much. Thank you.